Gary Renard Podcast, Episode 36. Welcome to the Gary Renard Podcast, your direct connection to Gary Renard, best-selling author of The Disappearance of the Universe, Your Immortal Reality, and Love Has Forgotten No One, coming up soon. I'm Gene Bogart, podcast producer and Gary's co-host. And not only is the man on the line, hold on, i got to do like three things at once here. This happens to be our first podcast of the new year. Oh, wait, wait. There we go. <laughs> Gary, how are you, buddy? <laughs> oh, I'm doing okay, buddy. How oh, are you doing? I'm just a little... I, got, I need more hands over here between the... Uh... <laughs> oh, you know what I forgot, though? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, where are you? Where's my crowd? There we go. It's Gary Renard. I, f- I forgot everything except the applause there. I had the, the noisemaker and the, the, the party horn was actually recorded, but I'm holding this. I'm... That's the noisemaker I'm actually holding in my hand. This might be the one that we had from last New Year, a year ago, when you and I had the pleasure of spending New Year's Eve together last year. Uh, This year, though, you weren't here in Florida. You had to go suffer through New Year's in Waikiki, Hawaii. That's right. Uh, It's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. Uh And uh, we spent about nine days on Oahu in uh, Hawaii, stayed in Waikiki, and it was a great time. Did all kinds of fun things. But I'll tell you, New Year's Eve was wild. Mm. Yeah, you seen anything quite like it. Uh, we went out for a nice dinner, came back to our hotel room, and we were told that we'd be able to see the fireworks from our balcony mm-hmm. hotel because we were on, like, the 37th uh, floor. And uh, sure enough, I'm right near Waikiki Beach, and fireworks started going off, and they're practically eye-level to us. And uh, that would have been wild enough. But then what happens in Waikiki... And uh, the island of Oahu is that people, all of a sudden, they know that the fireworks are going to start going off at exactly midnight. That's the way they do it there. Ah. Uh, I mean, the exact stroke of midnight, that's when you hear the first fireworks explode. I don't know how they time it exactly perfectly like that, but they do. And then everybody on the island sets off these illegal fireworks. (laughs) Chaos breaks loose. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, all hell breaks loose. It's like, uh, (laughs) you know, when I was a kid, we had these little cherry bombs, we used to call them. Uh You know, and they were loud enough and bad enough, but now they got these big things. They're bigger than grenades, <laughs> and they set them off. It sounds like a bomb Jeez. going off. I mean, you would have thought that, uh, you know, you were in a war zone, uh, and there's these bombs going off everywhere and fireworks going off into the air through all the buildings, and the people in the hotels are going nuts, and they're screaming, <laughs> and, and everybody's going berserk, and it was like, I've never seen anything <laughs> like that. It was just incredible. That's wild. It was really wild, and uh, I'm glad I got to see it in a way because they are talking about really, you know, clamping down on mm. these illegal fireworks. Because every year, a couple of people get hurt. Well, you would uh, you'd think with that much firepower going on, somebody and and probably you know, there's been a few mai tais, you know, in the hands of some of those people before the fireworks are. So uh, they're gonna be missing some fingers. Yeah, so they like uh, you know they're really thinking of really making a strict uh, you know clamp down on that and. Uh, so in a way, I'm glad I got to see it because it was really amazing. I mean, I've never seen people go nuts like that with, with, with fireworks and wow. screaming and and the beach and uh, everything it was just uh, really kind of wild and awesome. Do they do the uh, fireworks right out over the water, like in Waikiki and, and the beach? Yep. There? Ah, so it must be beautiful. Yeah, they're right off the beach, out in the water. Uh, they're going off on a barge that they bring in that's full of fireworks. Mm-hmm. It's a great display. 
And they have more than one. They'll, they'll have one at Waikiki Beach. They'll have one down at El Moana Center, which is uh, more towards Honolulu. Mm-hmm. And then you have all these other fireworks going off all over the island. It's just uh, incredible to see. Ah. Now, how, I, we really haven't talked too much since then, you and I, because I know you've, you've been busy both with that trip and uh, you were somewhere else just before that. And so it's been a busy time for you over the last month. Uh, how long were you actually in Hawaii? And this one was not a working trip this time, right? You were actually there just to, to relax and enjoy yourself a bit. Yeah, this is the first time, I would say, in uh, 10 years that I've gone to Hawaii without having to speak somewhere uh-huh. or do anything special. Uh-huh. And uh, so we weren't on like a tight schedule, which was much more relaxing than usual. Yeah. And uh, we had a great time. We went all over the island, and we were actually there for nine days. And uh, then we came back here. When we came back here, the weather was very warm in California, but now it's... Uh, really gone crazy here, too. It's like, uh, you know, the first three years that I've been here, I've been here almost three years, and it's been a drought. Uh, The first year I was here, we had like two inches of rain the whole year. Now it's completely the opposite all of a sudden. After three years, there's this El Nino, which warms the water in the Pacific and makes more storms. Ah. And uh, because of that, we're getting hit with uh, like four huge storms in six days. And... uh, when all is said and done two days from now, we would have gotten apparently 15 to 20 inches of rain Wow! Uh, in one week, you know, in like six days. And and you said those first several years that you were out there, there was a total of two inches over those couple of years, and now you're having like 13, 14, 15 inches in two weeks. Yeah, that's oh, right. Unbelievable. Yeah, it is, and there was actually, believe it or not, uh, a tornado in uh, Orange County yesterday, which is almost unheard of. Man. And, uh, you know, 20-foot waves, and uh, usually they're, you know, maybe three feet here, and all of a sudden they're 20 feet. Now, the now, wind is uh, the I, wind is really incredible. Thunderstorms, we almost n- never hear thunder here. Yeah. And uh, we heard this huge thunder this morning. Now, Gary, i got to ask you, because I know you've seen the movie, and I have not yet, but uh, you saw that movie 2012. From the promos I've seen, this kind of sounds a little similar. What do you think? Well, it's uh, <laughs> not similar to that. It also sounds similar... Uh, to that movie that was called The Day After Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. That's uh, right. They actually showed... Uh, the big wave, yeah. Tornado, they actually showed tornadoes in L.A., ah. which are un- unheard of. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, here we are having a tornado yesterday in Orange County, ah. which is uh, extremely rare. And uh, it's different. I mean, you know, it's definitely different here than the way that it uh, usually is. Now, in 2012, they showed the complete destruction of L.A. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, just, you know, makes you feel... Uh, you know, kind of like homie to see your entire city destroyed. Homie. It's one way to describe it. Homie. Yeah, I mean, it's just because they did such a good job showing the buildings, everything's exactly the way uh, it's supposed to be. It looks totally real. And the whole city ends up going into the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Just, uh, you know, really wild. I I don't think that's going to happen, but, you know, who am I to say? Yeah. I mean, your your book, your second book was in the film, you know, so... uh, that's right. Uh, somebody, that. you know, somebody in their infinite wisdom, uh, you know, actually showed my second book, Your Immortal Reality, in the movies. So uh-huh. uh, I got a lot of comments from that from uh, around the world. And this podcast definitely goes all over the world because I'm always hearing from people in other countries uh, ah. listening to us, and they always say to say hello to you and 
you know, they really appreciate what you do. Our friends out there. Well, you know, we, we always say this, but it's absolutely true how much we appreciate that. I know you do, and I certainly do. And it is amazing. You know, I get emails from people in South Africa and in, uh, even from, uh, I think, somebody from Hong Kong. And, you know, so people are hearing this all over the place. So it's really great. And, and uh, they always say the same thing, that they, they feel that it's so wonderful to be part of this kind of global community. It really transcends the entire planet. So we are one in that sense, quite real. It's not just spiritually, but you know, in the, in the material world, we are really connected like that. And uh, yeah, it's very, very meaningful. I know to you, and it certainly is to me. So that's uh, so we appreciate you guys as much as, uh, you know, a lot of people say how much they appreciate the podcast. It is a very much a two way street. So we want to thank them as well. That's right. Yeah. Well, I know we have a couple of things here. We have a little, little limited amount of time. What we're going to do today, because a few people have, have commented on this. I know in the last podcast, I kind of saved all of the sort of technical references about, uh, you know, how to get in touch with website and, and email address and different events coming up. And I kind of do that. So we spend our time together because you're limited in, in the time you have. So when you have to ring off, then I can come back later and actually fill people in on that for a few minutes afterwards. So we'll do that again today. And I, I think that works well. But I do want to mention a couple of things that you wanted to talk about also. Uh, just real quickly, we've, we've said it before, but I know it's time's getting a little close in terms of the upcoming cruise, because apparently there are still uh, spaces available on the ship. But as you mentioned just before we started, just to let people know, we don't know at what point the ship will sell out. They generally do. And if it sells out, it's not like there's a certain amount of, of cabins reserved for the Gary Renard party. Uh, you know, so in other words, when the ship is full, it's full. And and so if people are going to join in with the, the cruise, the south of the border, otherwise known as the we don't need no stinking ego cruise <laughs> in April, uh, you, if you're going to be doing that, you might want to do it sooner rather than later, just in case. Uh, but it, it sure is promising to be fun. A number of people have emailed me, and I guess they've told you too, that they'll be joining us, that uh, uh, some people who've been on previous cruises are going to be with us again, and others have said, oh, I've always wanted to do this, and we were, we were able to do it, so we're going to be there. So it'll be it's just so much fun to do those things. And, and it's, it's as you've said, you might just talk a moment about the focus that we all have. I mean, obviously, it's tons of fun and incredible socializing and just great friendships that we all make. But uh, also, we get very deeply into the course material and the material from your books, and that's where you really come in. That's what you, where you shine on that. Well, uh, that's right, because it's a perfect uh, combination. It's like uh, the days that we're out at sea, we have the classes during the day, and uh, so it's, it's very informative, very educational, very transformational, and uh, we do spiritual exercises, and you get to meet people uh, from all over the world who think the way that you do and who are into the course. So that's really great. Then on top of that, there's still time for socializing. Uh, even when we're at sea, we have dinner in the same section of the uh, dining room. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe we'll go to the piano bar afterwards or whoever wants to. And you have even time during the day to hit the pool or walk on the decks. And it's beautiful. Then on the days when we uh, dock somewhere, then you can go ashore. Now, they have optional excursions, but you don't have to pay for those if you don't want to. You can just go ashore yourself if that's what you prefer. And uh, either way, it's fun. And the places where we're going are breathtaking. Uh, you know, places like uh, Mazatlan, which is down the end of the Baja Peninsula. Then yeah. you have, uh, you know, Cabo San Lucas and uh, Puerto Vallarta and places like that. They call it the Mexican Riviera. Yeah. 
and they're really beautiful places. Yeah, I know you've been there. I've never been down that way, and I've, I've always heard, if people remember the old Love Boat show, uh, that was supposedly where, I guess, that, that uh, the old cruise ship that they were on, that's where they went, was down in that Mexican Riviera. They went to Puerto Vallarta and places like that. And so you, you saw some of that in the program, but there are always these very tropical, people don't think of Mexico as tropical, but it really is down there. It's that beautiful blue water, I guess, and, and great climate, and the sunny, and beaches, and, and you know, just terrific stuff. So uh, you've been there, I know, so it must be wonderful. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, when you get down just a little bit into Mexico, you're actually in the tropics. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've been down there, and uh, the weather is fantastic. And uh, so it's a great place to go. And uh, I've always had a great time there. And, uh, you know, you look at the destinations, it's really going to be an exotic kind of a cruise. And one of the good things about Mexico is that even though it's, uh, you know, more beautiful and just as much fun uh, as most places, if not more fun than most places, it's not quite as expensive. So for that reason, this cruise, even though it's as good as our others, uh, or maybe even better, mm-hmm. is also our least expensive. So mm-hmm. you can go without uh, you know, having to break the bank, so to speak, in some cases. Yeah. And the ship uh, this time will be on the uh, the Osterdam, which part of the, I guess, Holland America line. Uh, the previous cruises have been on the Westerdam, another one of their damn ships, as they call them. Uh, <laughs> they have the, the, the Osterdam, the Westerdam, the Viendam, and I think they have a new one coming out called the Ogadam. And that's, uh, that's going to be, no, I'm kidding. But uh, the, we haven't been on the Osterdam before, but uh, it, it should be equally good. And boy, their food is spectacular on that line. And it, I... As people know, you know, I had some experience in cruising on the QE2 where I used to work many years ago. And that was, you know, considered the top of the line cruise ship in the world, really, at that in those days. Uh, yeah. And and the uh, Holland America ships are, are, boy, they're right up there. I mean, if anything, they might be nicer. Uh, beautiful ships and, and incredible food, really nice people. All the staff are very friendly and very happy to be there. And, you know, so it's, it's a great experience. Just, just being on the ship and walking around, you have a wonderful time, you know, so... That's true. I like Holland America. Uh, yeah. They're a little bit more sensitive than Royal Caribbean, who just docked in Haiti. Yeah, you know that. Uh, I know we, we, you know, we, we don't really talk politics on the show, but I, I, I see the the other side of that. I, I understand, and they stop at at their own little private island off the coast of Haiti. And you think, well, how can you still continue to do that when there's so much suffering? We're recording this podcast because people might hear this years from now. It was right after the uh, that horrible earthquake that just took place down in Haiti. Uh, but the other side of the coin is, though, that they, they pump a lot of money into the Haitian economy by doing that. And if they were to stop, the Haitian people who work and earn their incomes from this would suddenly not have that income. So, and th- at least in their own defense, I just read a thing today about the, the cruise line that they're making some rather massive donations to the Haitian relief efforts. And I guess maybe it's a little guilt, but uh, it may also just be a sincere wish to help, you know. So, uh, you know, as as everything we say in the illusion, there's always two sides, I guess. But I, I'd have a hard time, you know, sitting down to a sumptuous meal knowing that, you know, people you know, not too far away from me, we're starving in the rubble. I heard that story just yesterday as we record this about the woman who had been trapped in a a collapsed bank where she worked, a Haitian woman. She was there for six days and they finally had given up all hope and they actually had the big moving equipment in and they were pulling out huge chunks of concrete, assuming, but her husband had never given up. He kept insisting that they stop every now and then and listen. And after they got so much of it cleared away, they could hear her voice. She was still alive. And, and this group of firefighter rescue guys from, from L.A., I think, who were down there helping, they came in with their cutting equipment stuff, and they got her out. And other than a couple of broken fingers and then bruises and dehydration, she was okay after six days trapped in that. I mean, yep. they're just unbelievable stories. Oh, yeah. You can live for two weeks uh, in yeah. a situation like that. 
uh, it's much easier to go without food than just to go without water. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, by the way, when I was talking about the uh, Royal Caribbean ship there, I think I was speaking more from the perspective of the passengers. Yeah. They, they themselves were surprised. Yeah. Stop there. They didn't expect to, and they did feel a little weird about eating. Well, it, as I said, I think it would be. It's a hard thing to come to, to, even though you know maybe you're doing something that ultimately is helping the people in the area rather than hurting them. You were going to do this anyway, but you just feel so strange knowing that you know it's when when we're when you're on vacation, it's sort of a fantasy. You want to just be having a nice time and not thinking about what's going on behind the curtain, so to speak. But it's tough at a time like this. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I do think that the relief efforts on the part of everybody have been. Uh, extremely uh, generous and forthcoming, yeah. and uh, people are you know, really trying hard to deal with a, an impossible situation. We, we were having a quick discussion on one of the groups also, and, and we said, you know, it's it's so hard to try to see something good out of something so horrible, but as we always talk about, you know, I, I, I don't know what anything is for, and I have to turn it over to the Holy Spirit. And the very fact that the whole world has responded, and particularly the U.S. here, has responded so dramatically in, in instantly, what can we do to help? Within hours of this happening, people from Iceland had come down with like a major relief effort, not only bringing in supplies, but their own rescue people from Iceland, a totally yeah. different part of the, maybe they feel because they're an island culture, they have a certain, you know, feeling of solidarity, but how remarkable that is that people would all just, what can we do to help and selflessly go down and do things like that? Uh, so, you know, maybe that's the blessing. It, it wakes us all up to the, to the nature of this illusion we may think we're really comfortable, but we're just a moment away from a disaster any time you're here on Earth, on Psycho Planet, as as, as Persa said, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm here in Southern California. You know, yeah. you talk about uh, building your house upon the sand. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we could uh, get the big one any time here. Yeah. And, and uh, I think that, you know, the order is that the first thing you do is forgive. I think when the Course he says, you know, what is it for? It's always for forgiveness. It's like you say at the end of the podcast, no matter what the question, forgiveness is always the answer, yeah. and that's true. Uh, then I think after you forgive, then you that's when the guidance of the Holy Spirit kicks in. Okay, uh, what can I do to help in this situation? Should I take any action to help here? And obviously I think the Holy Spirit does inspire us in the world uh, as far as what we do and what we think. And obviously what we do is a result of what we think. So uh, I think that guidance comes to you uh, more readily and more easily if you do practice forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So the two kind of like go hand in hand. And then, uh, yes, you may find yourself uh, taking some action. But what you're really doing is extending your love into the dream. It's like you're extending uh, the part of your mind that is love, you know, and sharing it uh, with others. And I think that's the point. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the lesson from, if you were doing the lessons this year, lesson 19, I happen, just happened to be looking right at it here, is, uh, you know, I'm not alone in experiencing the effects of my thoughts, that we're all contributing to the shared illusion, and we're all contributing to awakening from the illusion, depending on what we think. And and it is as simple as that. I mean, there's much more to, that we can do, but that is the key right there. So it, that's why one, as you just said, you apply the forgiveness thought to anything that seems to present itself to you. And that not only changes things for you, it changes things for everyone. That's hard to believe, but it is true. Oh, definitely, because every mind is joined, uh, yeah. so we can see it or not. And, uh, you know, the Course teaches that communication always continues mm-hmm. at the level of the mind. Even if you do appear to be separate, you're never really separate. So uh, there may appear to be, you know, these billions of separated minds, but the truth is there's only one mind, which means that all minds, by definition, 
would be joined uh, with each other. So, uh, you know, that's why the Course, I think, says that real communication is only possible at the level of the mind, and it just looks the other way to us. It looks like it's bodies that communicate when it's really the mind. And the way the Course has always said right from the outset that this is a total reversal of the thinking of the world. And that's exactly that that flip-flop right there is the key to it that you just mentioned, that we think we're reacting to what we see, that what we see happen out there is the cause, and our effect is the way we react in thinking about it. But the truth is just the opposite of that. It's our thought that is creating what we think is out there. We think it first, project it out, and then and, and instantly forget that we projected it, so now we think we see it out there, and it's all projecting guilt it's it's projecting our own ego. It really, literally, that's the ego's mechanism. So by by understanding that, we slowly start to reverse that, and then we're reversing that thinking of the world and turning it over to the thinking of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I think that's uh, very good. And uh, I know we're going to do a couple of questions. Yeah. Well, real quickly, just because we had said there about uh, minds are joined, uh, just an appropriate reference here, because we'll be not only joining minds, but joining voices on our next conference call that uh, you and I are doing together. And that'll be on January 26th. So folks will know we're recording this. I've gotten so danged honest with everybody now. that There's no illusion about when we do these things. So we're recording this. All right. It's Wednesday, January the 20th, as we record this podcast. It'll come out a few days later, but it will be out before, so you'll be able to uh, join in with our next conference call, which will be our fourth one on Tuesday, January 26th. Happens at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, which is 6 p.m. Pacific Time in California, and everybody else can adjust. Uh, we've had folks call in from Europe. We had somebody from Lithuania, Gabrielis, I think, I believe, was with us last time. Uh, from, from and he was like how many hours different it was like four in the morning when he began the call what a dedicated person and then we've had uh, other folks Ilanit and other people we know from uh, Australia that have come on board so we really span the globe with these things uh, but they've been great we've had wonderful responses with all this and the next one uh, it'll be announced in your newsletter and just before we started recording you said it was just coming out right now your monthly newsletter to your list right that's right uh, my webmaster Roberta just sent it out today which is uh, also Wednesday the twentieth. So. Hi, Roberta. Hey, Roberta. Bobby G. She is such a sweetheart. She she does incredible work, but she's just an absolutely lovely person, Roberta. Sure. Is. And Rob too. He's lovely too. Uh, yeah, so most people can get that. Folks ask, and I'll give the details later, but you can sign up for Gary's monthly newsletter at GaryRenard.com. There's a place right there to do that. And uh, I've got something going from our Forgiveness.tv site. Uh, and if you go there, there's a place you can link. And I'll tell you about this later. And, and it's sort of a secondary newsletter that I throw out there that covers stuff you and I are doing together as well as a few things I'm doing. So they can find that out. Those will contain the actual link to go sign up to this. And if anybody has a question, you can email me. I'll give you that later. Don't bother Gary with it, and, and I'll send you the quick link to uh, to go to the sign-up page for the conference call. Yeah, and uh, Roberta and Rob, by the way, they just moved up to Medford, Oregon. Yeah, I knew they were in the uh, area. That's right. Shout out to them, and uh, they go over to Ashland, of course, which is a big spiritual community. Mm-hmm. They go to a Course in Miracles group there. Yeah. So I'd like to say hello to all of them, uh, yeah. Jonathan, Joshua, uh, all those guys, uh, Mikey. Oh, wait a second. Who did you say, Gary? Uh, Jonathan Joshua. Yeah, the other guy? Uh, you know Mikey. Yes, I do. I, had to th- I was with- <laughs> That's Mikey does his own verbal version of that. Yeah, he's been. He'll be with us again on this next conference call. Too great guy. Yeah, he's, yeah he's giddy really- up, Mikey. Giddy up, Mikey. And uh, get Bruce there. Bruce Rawls. Oh yeah, uh, hi Bruce. The same group there. Ed, uh, all the guys that mm-hmm. are running my workshop in August. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all there. So uh, just want to say hi to them. Yeah. 
Well, cool. So, uh, so people can, but again, this is, the, this is the stuff I'll give them later so that uh, they can fill in on that. Yeah, today is uh, January 20th, and you know what three days ago was? Uh, January 17th? Yeah. My birthday. Oh. <laughs> Lucky I still have that noisemaker here. Oh, that, that's like, I'm so old now. This is the sound of my back. Oh, oh, oh. Um, no, yes, it was just my birthday. So, now, what... Isn't that interesting? Because the bass player that I used to work with uh, for many years, uh-huh. and we reconnected on Facebook, his birthday is January 17th. No kidding. So that means the two of the people uh, in my life who have known for a long time and worked with and been friends with yeah. have the same birthday. Right, and, and I play some bass also. That's right. Yeah. So, you do. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, so. oh, the other beautiful thing that we Gary and I always like to share is that now, for this magical moment in time, you and I are actually the same age. Now, uh, yep. then in March, you become older than me again. <laughs> but for, for a few months, we're the same age, exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to believe because I, I don't know. feel any different or um, any older now than I did 20 years ago. So. Yeah. It's because we're the forgiven type. That's right. I, I don't think there's any question, and we've discussed this before, but I don't think there's any question about it that that the kind of of spiritual practice that we do, that all I mean, all of us do, uh, reflects itself in the illusion as people who who look and seem and act and feel younger than what their years would be, and, and not just you and I, but we've noticed it uh, probably with almost everybody who's who's in contact. You know, we have uh, older folks, and by that I mean people in their 70s and 80s who, who walk in the room, you'd think they were, you know, in their 50s or something, you know, and it just active, lively, sharp, funny, loving people, and, and I think a lot of that has to do, not to be too self-congratulatory, but a lot of it has to do with this kind of spiritual and forgiving practice, because it just takes a load off of you. Yeah, I think forgiveness uh, definitely is a big one. I think that other things help. I think laughter is great for you. Music yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely affects your consciousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching the 25th anniversary of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame mm-hmm. uh, on HBO, and they had like everybody you could think of that has been big in rock and roll since the 60s, yeah. some from the 50s, and these guys are in their 60s, some of them are in their 70s, and they're up there playing and dancing and moving and sounding great, and uh, it was really inspiring to me uh, to see that and to you know see. You know, how all these guys can still do it, how they're still yeah. good, and how they're still right on the money when it comes to their singing and their playing. And uh, they sounded great. So uh, I think that uh, there are things that you can do, the attitude that you have in life that really does help keep you young. You know, and, and interestingly, two examples of that would be, on the one hand, uh, someone like Paul McCartney, who yeah. is in his late 60s, going on 70 years old now, and uh, he, he looks fantastic. And sounds, I mean, his voice is probably better, if if not better than when he was in his 20s. It's probably better than it was 15 or 20 years ago when he was starting to sound a little older. But he, yeah. and maybe it was just, he took better care of it or whatever, but he sounds terrific nowadays. Great range and everything. And, and yeah, he's so youthful. Then on the other hand of the spectrum, you have Keith Richards. So, <laughs> well, you know, I think it's really cute that he's still alive. Yeah, because he's actually like 130, and you know he only doesn't look a day over 110. You know, he's so. all this blood transfusion. It must be. <laughs> uh. but, but he's great though when he's playing. I mean, what energy and and talent and everything. He just you know he looks rather ravaged. But I guess having had the life he's had, maybe it's just remarkable that he is uh, you know as good as he seems at this point. But uh, yeah, he, he probably uh, you know started acting a little bit more healthier at some point. Probably. But, I mean, yeah. you can't do heroin all your life, right? 
<laughs> I think he's a great survival story and maybe a recovery story as well. You know, I've heard he's a great guy, so uh, he's certainly a legendary musician. So. Yes, and uh, Johnny Depp actually uh, based his character uh, yeah, on uh, the Pirates. Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. on him, Keith Richards. Yeah, it's true, too, if you watch it. <laughs> Ah, well, good. Okay, we've got uh, that covered. Uh, I'll talk a little more later, but just a quick mention, because we still are are discussing this, and it is going to be happening. We mentioned last time, uh, folks are very interested to hear that we're going to do a recording of some of the unrecorded, previously unrecorded audio material from the disappearance of the universe and stuff from your immortal reality. And we're we're working on that now, Gary and I. Folks said, what's going on with that? We'll give you more details later. It's not the, the technicalities haven't been worked out. But it'll be a, a probably a two-hour audio release that we're actually working on. We'll keep you posted on both of our newsletters about that. But that that should be pretty exciting because a lot of folks have said, you know, because the original DU was abridged because it was so long. So this will be other material that never was recorded before and uh, and then other stuff from uh, Your Immortal Reality, which is, has not been recorded at all at this point. So that'll be a, a nice, interesting thing for people to have. Yeah, it'll be good. We'll be telling people yeah. uh, more about that as we go along. Okay, well, I'll come back at the end and, and tell everybody about all the different uh, connections and websites and, and things that are going on. But we do want to do a couple of questions for Gary. Okay, before we do, I think I'll just tell you a quick joke, yeah. because uh, you got this in the mail, too. I think uh, a guy named John Barry sent this, and it's really pretty funny, so I'll repeat it. Uh, this rabbi and a priest are sitting on an airplane together, and... Uh, you know, so uh, the priest says to the rabbi, he says, uh, pardon me, is it still part of your faith that uh, you're not supposed to eat pork? And uh, the rabbi says, uh, well, actually, that is, yes, still a part of our law. Uh, you're not supposed to eat pork. And uh, the priest says, well, uh, tell me, have you ever eaten pork? And uh, the rabbi says, well, actually, once, yes, I did uh, give in to temptation, and I tasted a ham sandwich. <laughs> and uh, so the... Uh, you know, the priest understands. He, that's fine. Then after a minute or so, the uh, rabbi says to the priest, he says, well, is it part of your faith uh, that you're still supposed to be celibate? And the priest says, well, yes, actually, that's true for priests. Uh, you, know, you are supposed to still be celibate. And the rabbi says to the priest, he says, uh, well, tell me, have you ever given into temptation and uh, kind of like given away to the temptations of the flesh? And the priest says to the rabbi, he says, well, you know, actually, uh, yes, once I did... Uh, I don't like give in to temptation, and I did actually have sex once. And so, uh, you know, the rabbi thinks for a minute, and he says, uh, you know, it beats the hell out of a ham sandwich, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I couldn't resist. I actually had some laughter queued up there. I thought I would throw it in rather than just having me chuckle in the background. That's great. <laughs> and, and he's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Could certainly do without the ham sandwich if I had to, but I don't know about the other one. Uh, okay, so on that note. Okay. Here's our first question for Gary. And uh, this is one that, as we said, we try to do some new and some old. I got a new one coming up, or relatively new, and I got this one's from the archives here, but I've uh, been waiting on it for a long time. And it's a good one, because a lot of folks ask this question, so I think it'll apply to many people. This comes from Patty, who happens to live in Cincinnati. So there's a rhyme there. Maybe there's a song in that, Patty, from Cincinnati. Not sure. But anyway, she says, uh, uh, to ask this for Gary, if we are already with God and just reviewing the dream, which actually never occurred, are we ever going to stop reviewing the dream? Uh, Gary is already with God, as we all are. Uh, he has seen himself as your future self, Persa, who came back to give us a hand out of this situation. 
Now, how do we know that we won't just come back next time as someone in the past and just keep reviewing the dream for infinity? I want to say, come on, mind, stop reviewing the dream so we can wake up and realize we're still with God. I know intellectually that I should not be concerned with this detail, but I keep coming back to this one question. That's from Patty. That's a good one. A lot of folks ask that. Sure, Patty. I think that, uh, first of all, personally, I kind of like believe in A Course in Miracles because I think the whole thing fits together mm-hmm. uh, like a hologram. And the Course uh, very clearly teaches that there is an end uh, to time. You know, that there is an end to this, and actually it's a happy ending. Uh, it says that the Holy Spirit looked back from the end of time and decided when it was the best time for each mind to awaken to revelation in eternity. So if you believe the Course, if you believe what uh, the Holy Spirit or Jesus is saying in the Course, then there's definitely an end to this, and we definitely do wake up, and we do go all end up at the same place. So actually, that's one of the things that I love about the Course. And uh, I think that uh, what it's saying is, yes, you are reviewing mentally that which has already gone by. So it's very much like watching a movie. But at the same time, there is a point where you've been almost uh, predestined to awaken from the dream and return to, as the Course puts it, Revelation and Eternity, Revelation being the actual experience of being with God and being home with God. So there's no question that we are at home in God, but the way the Course puts it, it says you're at home in God dreaming of exile, but perfectly capable of awakening to reality. So all that we have to do is wake up, and uh, we're not going to review the dream for infinity. It doesn't go on forever. Uh, there are other people who will tell you that it does go on forever, but I don't agree with that. I think, mm. And they're, they're not core students, I hope, who say that, because right. they should know better. And uh, it's like, at some point, and this has already been determined when this is going to happen, at some point you're going to awaken from the dream. Now, then you may ask, well, if it's already determined, then why do I have to do anything? Uh, that's the paradox of time. Uh, there's that great workbook lesson number uh, 169, By Grace I Live, By Grace I Am Released. Uh, it's like what happens is, yes, it is already set. The time is set already, as that lesson says. But then it, it also says that uh, it seems like you have work to do. So it says, suffice then that we have work to do. So that's a paradox. It's like uh, it's already done, mm-hmm. yet you still have to do it. Yeah, you know, so it's kind of like uh, there's a difference between a linear experience, like what we're having, right, and the holographic truth, which is already there. I was going to say also, it's kind of the, as you just referenced there. It's like the paradox of time. We we always seem to be in in the now here in the world of time. That's right. We uh, That's you know, we we always feel that it's now, but we also feel that there's a past that we remember. And we think there's a past even before we remember, and we think there's a future that we just haven't gotten to yet. But the truth is that it's always, that's always just one thing, and none of that is real. That there isn't really any any present in terms of the timeline, and there isn't any past or any future. There's only the eternity of now, which has nothing to do with time. So we do seem to be reviewing the dream and we might seem to come back to a life that had already happened the way we would see it right now. It seemed we could potentially come back to a past life as well as come back to another future life because all of them are equally illusion. But when, as you say, we get to the point where we truly awaken, we see that none of it was real. So that literally then, and I guess your first book really addressed that even in its title, it literally becomes the disappearance of the universe, being that the universe that we perceive is actually not there. It's an illusion. So it will actually truly just not exist at all in in our real mind, and then it is gone and done. 
Yeah, I think that's true. And uh, at one point, the Course refers to the eternal always, Yeah, which is a whole different level than what we're seeing. The mm-hmm. Course clearly teaches that what we're seeing is not true. Uh, a lot of people on this level in spirituality will talk about the now. But, I mean, if it was the past, it would be now. If it was the future, it would be now. So there's always the now on that level uh, within the linear experience. Yeah. Uh, what the Course is talking about is a whole level beyond that. Uh, it has nothing to do with what we're seeing. It has nothing to do with the universe of time and space or our thoughts. It, it's something where you cease to exist as an individual and become one with God, become one with everything. Mm-hmm. So uh, when the universe does disappear, all that's left is reality. Right. And that's beyond the universe of time and space. And uh, there's naturally a lot of confusion at first among people uh, who think that somehow the truth is here. <laughs> right. The right. truth is not uh, what we're seeing or where we think we are. Uh, the truth is a whole level above that, a whole level removed from that. And ultimately, it's even removed from that one mind, that thought that it separated itself from its source and made the universe of time and space. So it's even beyond that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, really kind of like uh, an ultimate goal to be one with your source, to become one with God, and then everything else ceases to exist. Yeah. Um, also, there's, I don't know the reference offhand, maybe you will, but uh, there's one place in the course where it talks about uh, that our, our initial goal in creating this and embracing this ego thought system was to truly separate ourselves, to cut ourselves off from God entirely. And had we been able to do that, we would indeed be lost forever because we would be reviewing this endlessly, as, as she asked in the question, will we keep reviewing the dream for infinity, that it would just literally never end. We would just, you'd think it would be like that twilight zone where you'd think, it, okay, I finally died, and then I wake up and it's all happening again, and that never ends. You cannot escape. That would be the case had we been able to actually cut off. But God didn't allow that by placing the link of the Holy Spirit. That's our lifeline that cannot be removed. And it's, it's inevitable that that will be what leads us out of this. And as, as you and I've always said, it's, it's a matter of how long do you want to wait and suffer with it? Because the, the, more, the more quickly you embrace forgiveness as the practice and, and help yourself pulling up that lifeline, pulling your way up, the more quickly you'll get to the point of realization where you don't any longer suffer in this loop. You know, so, but, it, but it is inevitable that you will be released from it. Yeah, I, I think that's true. And uh, I think uh, what I want to encourage people with is just the idea that it's a done deal. I mean, you know, this doesn't go on forever, and uh, we're definitely going to all end up at the same place. Yeah. And it's, it's like it's guaranteed in the course. The ego would like to have you worry about that a lot, you know, sure. but the Holy Spirit says, rest assured. And I always keep coming back to my favorite line of the course, you need do nothing. And I always think you need do nothing, but you just simply need to be willing. And when you're willing to let the Holy Spirit think for you, when you say, I will, I'll join with you, I will let my thoughts be from you rather than from my ego, that's all you need do. And then all the heavy lifting is done for you. So that's not that tough, but it takes determination and practice to make it happen and, and to keep doing it until it becomes second nature, as we've discussed. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, you, got, you got time for one more? Do you have to roll, or what do you want to do? I can, we can do one more question. Okay, then. this is a pretty quick one. Yeah. And this is a, a newer one. I think I already know the answer. I'll give the short answer, and then you can come in with your expanded answer. This one just came in about a month ago, so it was just like over the holidays. So there's a holiday reference. Uh, and it's from a, a friend of ours, Mark from Montreal. I know you've been up that way, right? Oh, yeah. 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 
Um, it, that could be my publisher. It might be. It might be. It says a uh, good day to you both. Uh, I've, I've, I recently have listened, probably not your publisher. I recently have listened to all 34 podcasts in a row. That was just before we did episode 35. But listen to all of them in a row. What a marathon. It says, and I also purchased Gary's first two books and feel very attracted to their messages. Uh, and he says, love the show. And Gene, the incredible insight you provide is so valuable. I like this guy, Mark. Okay. <laughs> Mark says, my question. He says, Gary, what is your view and the course's view on addictions? And then he says, being a camel now. And I had to look that up because I didn't know that reference. And a, a, a camel, because they say, well, a camel can go a whole day without a drink. And I never heard that reference before. So I guess that, you know, people maybe in, in AA or some kind of, you know, treatment for that. That's a term that's used. I, that's cool. I've never heard that. But he says, being a camel now for 16 months, if everything is a dream, are my addictions a dream too? I have this debate going on inside of me, and I'd appreciate your point of view on this matter. Happy holidays to both of you. That's Mark from Montreal, who then says, pardon my English mistakes, as English is a second language for me. Mark, your English is fine. Trust me on that. And, and believe me, my French is non-existent, so your English is terrific. Well, my answer, is it a dream too? My answer would be yes. Now I'll turn it over to Gary, who I'm sure has a, a better answer than that. Well, I would agree it's a dream, sure. Yeah. Uh, and the reason that people uh, drink to excess is because uh, of the guilt that is in the mind, mm -hmm. in many cases, uh, which they are not aware of because it's unconscious. And, uh, you know, so it leads to fear, you know, because people on this cosmic level think that they're guilty and they're, yeah. they have this fear of God, which is the last obstacle to peace in the Course. And uh, so those things are definitely connected. And yes, it is a dream. But I think when it comes to, to doing anything to excess, now this could be food, this could be uh, driving too fast. I was going to say, it, do, it doesn't matter what the addiction, it's always the same, right? Whether it's a yeah. ga gambling addiction, food addiction, people who are adrenaline junkies, you know, the guys who just always putting themselves in danger because there's, there's a rush they get. So anything that you're looking for that for an answer that you're not finding within yourself naturally, right? Right. What that leads to, and, and this is uh, the Course's definition of an idol, it says an idol must be more. You know, it has to be more. Now, uh, you and I have talked about this before, Dean, but uh, somebody once asked George Carlin, you know, what does doing cocaine make you feel like? <laughs> and George's answer was, well, it makes you feel like doing some more cocaine. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's really true. It's like uh, you become addicted to trying to recreate this good feeling that you once had. And you know, it doesn't even feel as good anymore after a while. But you come, become addicted to trying to recreate this feeling of more uh, ecstasy or, you know, uh, more whatever in order to kind of like fill a hole that isn't there. Uh, what forgiveness does is it undoes the hole. Mm -hmm. You know, so you have this feeling of scarcity and deprivation, uh, which is connected to the idea of being a body. Uh, in fact, at one point, the Course says that as long as you believe you're a body, you will believe that you are deprived. Yeah. And as long as you think that you're separate from the whole, which is what a body is, then right. you're going to think that you're deprived, that you're lacking, and you're going to try to fill that lack in some way. And, uh, you know, you, you put that together you know, with uh, guilt and fear, and before you know it, there's all kinds of addictive behavior going on. Yeah. And uh, that's why the Course says, and we've quoted this before, but it's such an important quote, uh, it says that a sense of separation from God is the only lack you really need correct. So if you could uh, turn things around, start to undo the ego through forgiveness, and start to reconnect with God and your source, then eventually uh, you wouldn't have 
that lack. And without that lack, there's nothing more to go for. There's nothing uh, really to try to like fill yeah. in an empty hole with uh, whatever addiction it is that uh, you know you have going on for you. And you know, for some people, that could be work. Yeah, you know, work could be their addiction. But uh, uh, that's, that's very true. Yeah. And and what you said is is also very true that that really just the nature of being in a body is means you're just filled with seeming addictions. We tend to think of addictions as being de- destructive behaviors, but your body requires food. You're addicted to the need for for sustenance. You're addicted to the need for water. You're addicted to the need for air. You have to breathe. So you know you may not think of them as addictions, but they are. The very fact that you're in a body implies a sense of lack. It needs all these things to keep functioning. So as long as we think we're a body, we think we need stuff. Now, whether that stuff seems to be destructive in our seeming life or not, I'm doing a lot of seemings here, but you know what I'm saying with that. And by freeing yourself from the belief in being a body, that's the the true freedom from all addictive behavior at any level. Yeah, I think that's absolutely so. Yeah. By the way, did you see uh, Avatar? I have not yet. I've heard very good things about it. The promos look terrific. I mean, visually, it looks like it's just stunning. Have you seen it yet? Yeah, I got a big kick out of it. I thought it was pretty good. Uh-huh. I, I saw it in 3D, but I haven't seen it in IMAX 3D yet. So uh-huh. It, yeah, I, I've been debating about that, but how was the 3D part of it? Was it good? Uh, it was really good. Sometimes uh, I didn't think it was even necessary because it's such a good film. I, you know, I almost didn't notice the 3D a yeah. lot of the time. But uh, I think that if you do go see it in 3D, you want to get a good seat, get it early, get it in the middle of the theater, back just a little. That's the best way to center yourself as much as you can? Yeah, that would be the best way to experience it. And how was the story on it? Uh, it You liked it? it? Yeah, it was a good story. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of messages in it, messages about spirit, uh, messages about, uh, you know, connectedness. And uh, if you're into, like, shamanism and, uh, you know, the the beauty of aliveness, of nature and how uh, you know it's really all the same and we're the same. And mm-hmm. uh, it had a lot of good messages in it, and uh, yeah, it's a war movie too. So you know you get the big battles and all that. But uh, you know, I must say that the uh, the Avatar woman, uh, she was hot. I've heard, yeah, for a yeah. ten ten foot tall blue woman, she's uh, pretty cool, huh? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, definitely. It looks great there. When you're, when you're actually watching it, uh, some of the promos, it looks a little bit like really high-end animation, which I guess in a sense it is in terms of computer-generated stuff. But when you're watching it, I mean, I assume that what you're supposed to be seeing in the film is are real beings. You're not, you're not supposed to be seeing an artificial representation. They're, they're actually supposedly physical beings that you're looking at. And, and does, that, does it look like that when you're watching the movie? Yeah, it looks uh, totally real. Uh-huh. Totally real. It has good messages, and uh, you know, I just thought it was a very interesting film. And you know, it, isn't it so funny that James Cameron, you know, he makes uh, two movies in ten years, and he's got the number one in two movies in history of all time. Yeah, I was going to say that maybe you know, if we promote this a little more, maybe it'll start to do some decent box office for the guy because yeah, really. he could use some income. I figure a billion dollars isn't enough for a movie to make in the first few weeks. Imagine what it will do over the longer haul with DVD sales and international stuff. Oh. Yeah, but I loved it, and uh, Cindy loved it. Uh-huh. And, uh, I think we're going to see it again while it's still in the theaters. Yeah, I definitely want to catch I haven't seen 2012 yet, as you know, and uh, uh, I'm hoping that that's still around in the theaters. But this one, I definitely, because of the, the 3D aspect, I want to be able to really see that properly, you know, because it must be in a... Yeah, I mean, of the two, I would recommend Avatar the most. Uh, mm-hmm. 2012 is fun, but it's intense, and it's basically about the destruction of the world. I mean, yeah. you know, you get uh, over 6 million people in the world, or however many, and... Uh, 
about six billion of them are killed. So yeah, well, a billion here, a billion there. It doesn't really matter. You know, <laughs> once you've seen the world destroyed, I mean, how many times? Talk about suspending your re- reality beliefs, though. I mean, to to enjoy that, you have to just say, "Ah, it's okay." You know, it does have a hopeful ending to it, but uh, yeah. Yeah, but then most people are dead. That's when your book comes in, right? <laughs> when it's, yeah. that's, when the, your, that's when your immortal reality comes in. The, the few survivors gather around a campfire with one copy of your book, and that will be the seed of the new humanity. <laughs> Gary Renard, the, the responsibilities are awesome on your shoulder, I'll tell you. Really? Yeah, that's funny. I'm going to I have to recommend that to the uh, director. There you go. Just me. <laughs> His name is uh, Roland Emmerich. I'll have to get a hold of him and suggested that be uh, yeah. you know when they do the sequel it could start off like that right it'll just i can see it now it'll be a whole new civilization will have been started by you and woody harrelson and you <laughs> you two guys will just be like in loincloths around a fire you know in the, in the woods somewhere with a copy a tattered copy of your immortal reality and then then you're you're gathering group who gathers around you and worships you as as as, as avatars yourself as as enlightened beings bodhisattva mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Woody Harrelson would have to, it would have to be a spirit because he was really obliterated. And, oh, I, see, I haven't seen it yet. Now you've ruined it for me. But well, he comes back. It'll be like Obi Wan Kenobi. He'll he, come he, back. Believe me, uh, when you see him in this movie, he is so out there. He just—I mean, just incredible. Only he can play that wild a character and get away with it. <laughs> He'll, he'll come back as Obi-Wan, as a, as a form from beyond, and through the Force, he'll communicate with you, and you'll become like you'll be Gary Skywalker or something. You know. Yeah, it works for me. Yes, yes, young Renard. Young Renard Skywalker, you will. Come. Now we've, yeah. we've completely gone off track here. Yeah, so I got to. Uh, I know you do. Get going, but. Um, okay. It's always great talking to you. We'll do the uh, conference call next Tuesday. Yes, we'll be looking forward to speaking to it. That really is a lot of fun. I'll tell people about how to connect with that, but it's definitely really worth doing. It's a lot of fun, and we really enjoy it. And uh, well, I just like it because people get to actually talk to us. I mean, yeah. You know, it's not yeah. done over a computer. It's not uh, where somebody repeats your question. Right. The, the right. person You're... can hear it. You're actually talking to the person. And I, th- I think in most of the calls, pretty much everybody has been able to talk to you directly. And uh, I think maybe in the first call, there were a few people, and, and you don't have to talk. A lot of folks say, I just really just want to be be here and listen and that's fine and and a few people do that i think on the last call i believe everybody talked to you at one point or another and that is really the thing you're on the phone with gary you get to you know tell him whatever you want and call him names <laughs> no you get a lot of great kudos from people and then they get to ask questions and dialogue back and forth with you so it's really cool and again as we always say even with our questions here it's amazing how one person's question is on the mind of so many others because they say oh that was just what i wanted to know and so they hear it discussed and then they have their other question as well so it's, it, it really is terrific it's, it's a great time so we'll All be right. looking forward to that that'll be uh, it's coming this coming tuesday Okay, buddy. We'll talk then, if not sooner. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll try to t- touch base between now and then. We'll definitely be on the call. Uh, I'll come back in a moment. I'll tell everybody how to get in touch with all that stuff. Great. Thanks. Uh, all right. Have fun today. Give our love to Cindy, and we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Okay, and give our love to Helen. Will do. I love those drums. Hey, the flutes aren't bad either. Oh, very Indian. I feel like my friend Deepak Chopra should be here with me. Oh, and I will have gulab jamun for dessert. I don't know why. I do a lousy Indian accent. I apologize for that. I love the tablas, though. They do sound great. I wanted to give you that information. Let me do it right now. First and foremost, Gary's website. 
You know, Gary is a very creative person. He came up with the name himself. It is www.garyrenard.com. And if you go there, you can get information on the cruise. Right on his homepage right now is a big picture of the cruise. Click on that. It will take you and you'll get all the info about the cruise coming up to Mexico. And uh, when you click on it, you'll see the bandito as well. Uh, also, while you're at Gary's website, check out the appearances link up near the top of the page. When you go there, you'll see all of the different places he'll be speaking and appearing at, and you'll get information about the conference call that's coming up on Tuesday, January 26th. I think you can actually click and sign up there. And other interesting stuff, too, on the appearances page at Gary's website. And while you're there, you can sign up for Gary's email list if you're not already on it, and then you'll be receiving his newsletter that comes out about once a month. Uh, and in that will be the link as well to the uh, the conference call, as well as to all the other good stuff he's doing. So check that out at Gary. GaryRenard.com. The other one to remember, of course, is Forgiveness.tv. That's the home base for the Gary Renard podcast, the one that I run that website there, as poorly as I run it, but it is there. Uh, you can sign up for our new email newsletter list. We're getting a lot of people on there, which is great. I'll keep you posted a little bit more than once a month. We've been sending out stuff, updates of things Gary and I are doing together, a couple of things I'm doing on my own as well, although Gary is, we're such a part of each other's lives, it doesn't matter. So check that out. The link is right on the homepage down near the bottom, uh, and it gives you an email address at this point. It says forgiveness.tv at gmail.com. And that, uh, that email address will take you to the, uh, that will actually, that will send me an email and I'll enter you onto the list. Eventually we'll have an actual link that will just do that. But I'm, as I said, you know, I'm not that technically proficient just yet. I'm working on it, but, uh, send me the email. I'll get you right on the list and that will give you updates on, on the audio recording that Gary and I were talking about, as well as these other things like conference calls. And it will give you some info about the new group that I think we mentioned last time. It's called on course. Technically, it's On Course with Gene Bogart. I got my actual name in there as well. It's a uh, an, a new group, internet-based group, dedicated to the study of A Course in Miracles. Uh, one of the great features, in addition to terrific dialogue among other members and discussion, we're also presenting audio recordings every day for each day's lesson from the workbook of the course. And not only are they presented each day, and you get an email if you're a member of the group, and you can just click on it, and you'll be listening to me speaking the lesson. And uh, they've been coming out great. I really feel very uh, guided in how I'm recording these, and, and I think they're working out really well. It's Manny, the Holy Spirit at work. But the lessons are also archived. So if you're thinking, well, you know, I didn't start the lesson work this year on January 1st, it doesn't matter. You can start today, February 1st, March. It doesn't matter at what time. The archives of those recordings are there, and so you can uh, you can begin that process at any point you find yourself. So make sure you check that out as well. Uh, there's information there. I can send you to that again. The best way is to email me at forgiveness.tv at gmail.com. And that link is on the homepage at Forgiveness.tv. The new group is, is working out great. Just started it the first of the year. Gary is a member with us now. We have a lot of members from our DU Yahoo group. I want to say hello to those folks, as I always love to. Many of them are on board with us. Martin, my buddy Marty from the UK, is a, is a member. Of course, Stephen, the Spoof King, and Mikey, uh, they're both there as well. Also from the UK, our buddy Eolake. Real nice guy, been a good friend and supporter to both Gary and I for quite a number of years. And uh, Eolake has come on with a, a kind of a sizable donation to the On Course group, which allows virtually everybody to join in. We're asking for some uh, donations from people to help support our efforts there. And as you'll see when you get the information, that could be at, at any level. I leave that up to you and Manny, the Holy Spirit, together. 
And for those who really say, I know times are tough, and they say, you know, I just can't afford even a dollar right now, I'd still like to be a member of the group. Thanks to people like Eolake in particular who came in with donations to help support this, that makes it possible to really have anybody come in. So don't let finances stand in the way of that. I think it's going to be a real resource for people studying the course. It's called On Course with Gene Bogart. Email me on that link at forgiveness.tv. There are those singers. Between the drums and the singing, I don't know what's going on. I do want to remind you that the Gary Renard Podcast is a production of Enlighten Up Creations and released by Forgiveness.tv. Verbal content of our programs is copyright 2010. Can you believe it? Gary Renard and Gene Bogart, all rights reserved. We're so happy to have you guys with us. As we said, we know that we have uh, friends all around the globe who listen to these podcasts. And I, I sincerely want to thank you all for being part of it, letting us share our silliness, as well as uh, hopefully some quality conversation about the course and Gary's books as well. So there's all sorts of exciting stuff. Uh, one of the things we're saying at On Course is that uh, this year, more than ever, it's essential to remain on course. And... Uh, that, that, I think, is true in a, in a variety of levels. So uh, we hope you'll take that to heart and hope to be talking to you soon. In the meantime, as we wrap things up for this Gary Renard podcast, let me leave you with the phrase that's so famous, even Gary said it earlier. <laughs> but quite seriously, whatever the situation or question, forgiveness is always the answer. Gary, by the way, that, that joke, it wasn't John, it was Chuck Barry who sent that in. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, want, I don't want Chuck to feel left out, and I didn't say Chuck Barris. That's right. He was with the Gong Show. That's right. Ah!